as I finish my series on the principles of supernatural restoration. Because from next week, we begin to do other things as God has assigned us to do. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 to 24. All right, if you've written it down, look up the screen. And the Bible says, Jesus speaking said, a certain man had two sons. Next verse. And the younger of them, <coughs> excuse me, said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance on riot, with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And the scripture says, And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and sent him into the, his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? He says, And I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto my father, Father, I have sinned against thee, or against heaven, and before thee. And I'm not worthy to be called thy son. Make me now as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when his father was yet, uh, when he was yet a, a great a way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and, they, and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But his father said unto his servant, Bring forth the robe, best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hands and his shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Next verse. And this my, for this my son was dead and is now restored back to life. And again, again alive, sorry, restored and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. And they began to be merry. And the church say, Amen. All right, about two weeks ago, we started, it's almost two weeks now, or two Sundays ago, we started a series, or last Sunday, can't remember, yeah, last Sunday, we started a series that I've titled, The Principles for Supernatural Restoration. Like I said to you, God has declared this year our year of restoration, and I believe the word of the Lord. I said, I believe the word of the Lord. How many of you truly believe that this year is your year of restoration? That everything you have lost in the past, every opportunity, every job, every finances, everything God, you, God you, are, you have lost in the past, either by your own carelessness, the enemy stole it from you, or you lost by ignorance, God has promised that he will restore in 2022. Let your amen prove that you believe it. Hallelujah. So we began, and the first thing we said is that there will be self-valuation, self-evaluation. You will evaluate yourself. You will sit down and take account or stock of yourself where you are today. Are there certain things happening in my life that I'm the cause? Listen to me. I happen to know that God is too faithful. Somebody say amen. Any problem in my life, I never blame God. It is from my end. Say amen like you are serious. 
Ah, said it's never from God's end. It's from my end. And that's why sometimes we need to do some self-introspection. Do some evaluation of yourself. Somebody say amen. amen. What do I need to change? What do I need to put in place? Are there things that I did last year? I don't want to repeat this year. Are there mistakes I kept making last year that must not carry over to 2022? Are there things that I must adjust? Are there ways that I need to change? Are there things I need to add to my life? I believe that every year you should grow. For instance, if you used to read your Bible once a week, you need to now read it every day in 2022. Oh, no, amen, no, amen. If you never prayed every day, this is the time to set the tone and say, every day of my life, I will pray before God. Somebody shout amen to that. It's time for us to grow our spiritual life. And listen to me, you don't just grow. You grow with intent. There is nobody that gives birth to a baby and leaves the baby to grow. You nourish the baby, you bat the baby, you take care of the baby, you keep the baby warm so that the baby can grow. That's how it is spiritually. When you give your life to Christ, you become a son of God. Yesterday, I was teaching them at the intercession that there are four levels in God. Four levels. How many levels? Four levels. Four levels in our relationship with God. The first one is sonship. The Bible says as many as believed him, to them he received him, to them he gave power to become what? The sons of God. So you are first a son of God. When you give your life to Christ, you become a son of God. But you need to go above that. You can't stay a son of God. Because at that level, there are certain things that you can only get. Somebody say amen. God can trust you to a certain degree. But you need to move up and advance to being not just a son but to a disciple. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. Can I hear an amen to that? What does it mean? Jesus spoke to them. He says, if you obey my word, if you keep my word and keep my commandment and obey them, then are you my disciples. So you move from sonship, just giving your life to Christ, to becoming a disciple that obeys the word of God. Studies the word and obeys what God says. When you are a disciple, you don't argue with Titan. When you are a disciple, you don't argue with whether having sex outside of marriage is sin. No, you know it is in the word of God and I will not do it. No amen in the church. You know, you don't debate the word of God. You don't argue because you are a disciple and you keep his word. Now you need to advance from that to being a servant of God. When you, after God now can entrust you as a disciple, you know his word. He then commissions you to serve him for a purpose you the reason why you are brought here on earth he will now begin to find allow that to find expression you begin to serve him as a servant not just because i'm on the pulpit no you are also a servant of the lord can i hear an amen you need to be a servant of the lord you need to serve god please church this year you have been coming to this church forever and you are not serving in any department find yourself somewhere belong in a group where you will serve if you have a gift use it all these people in the choir they pay a price to be here they are servants of god the ushers that ushered you into the auditorium are servants of god find somewhere to serve in the house of god you are you are not doing anybody in by not serving because you see at that level there are certain things accrue to you for instance the scripture says, no weapon formed against you. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Formed against you shall what? 
prosper. And every tongue that shall rise in judgment against you, what will happen? Thou shalt condemn. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of God. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So it is not for everybody. If you quote that scripture and you are not serving, Satan will give you a dirty slap. Okay, no amen. Let's, let's not. Amen, somebody. So you move from there to servanthood. Now, but there is another level, which is the highest level. And in the Bible, we had somebody that experienced the highest level. His name is Abraham. That the Jesus now was talking to his disciples. After now, they have been serving all these years. He said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. He said, for a servant does not know what his master doeth, but friends. So Jesus said, I'm moving you from a place where I'm no longer going to call you a servant, but a friend because I can confide in you. That's, that's intimacy. Somebody shout intimacy. That's when you now get to a point where God can, can tell you secrets. Secrets. For instance, last year, you all were here, those of you who were here. In January, I finished my three days of prayer and fasting. And as I was walking around in the auditorium and I saw a huge monkey right at the door, behind the door. Massive monkey. I mean, the size, almost the size, very, I, I can't, I don't even want to start describing that. And I said, Lord, what meaneth this? He said, this is the demon that has stepped into South Africa. And in the middle of the year, to the end of the year, it's going to cause a, a havoc. How many of you remember I said that to you? And we prayed about it in our 21 days of fasting. Now, church, you must be intimate with God for him to abandon everybody in the country and tell you something. I said it, it wasn't a surprise when it happened. For those of you who are in this church, when they looted and destroyed 116 malls in July last year, I said it on this pulpit before it happened. And God told me, in fact, as a matter of fact, he said to me that it was going to, if not that it was revealed and prayer was offered, it was supposed to be a major war. It was a war between blacks and whites. Major war. We don't know what God did for us last year as a country. We just took it for granted. You know, sometimes God does things and you take them for, Satan meant it for evil for South Africa. But God reveals secrets. He said, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Glory to God. So you need to get to that place of intimacy where God can show you things. God can, you and God can relate on a certain platform. Something happened a, a few days, I was on a fast a few days ago. And maybe I should just call him to share that testimony before everyone. We did that yesterday for those of you who were here. You know, I was on this altar. These prayer requests were all spread on this altar. I was laying all on them, believing God and crying to God. And the Lord shows one of us a vision. I want to call Deacon Anthony and let him come and share what he saw. What the Lord showed him. Please, can we have a microphone? Please, can we have a microphone quickly? Please switch on the microphone. Put your hands together for Deacon Anthony as he comes. This is one of our deacons. Please tell them what the Lord showed you. Good, good. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Please take off your mask. There is no corona on this altar. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> good morning, church. On Friday morning at about 2, between 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning, as I was praying, I, I had a dream. I had a dream that I walked into this church. And as I came and I came in, I saw this massive light right here 
on the altar. And I saw, and I put my Bible down and I saw this hand right in this prayer. And, as, and I fell down to my knees because I said, Lord, what are you doing? And he said, I'm answering the prayers of my people. Praise God. Now, now church, what does that mean? God was confirming to me when he shared it with me. I said, God wanted to let me know and double assure me that my three days on this altar was not wasted. And therefore, in the name of Jesus, every of your desire in this prayer basket is answered in 2022. Somebody shout amen like you are serious. All right. So, and we, we dealt with these principles that, you know, these, these principles that you need to do some introspection. And then the second thing that I dealt with last Wednesday is brokenness. Somebody say brokenness. That's why when they sang that song, it meant so much to me. He said, brokenness is what I, 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 we, I need from you. Amen, somebody. God needs brokenness from us. You need to give him a broken life. Can I hear an amen? That message is all over. It's on YouTube and it's on, on Facebook. So please, you may go and listen to it in Jesus' name. Today, I want to deal with something very serious. And the third principle that will allow for or make for restoration in your life in 2022 is submission to spiritual authority. Submission to spiritual authority. Now, Church of God, I know we live in a day where it seems like nobody wants to submit to anybody. Everybody feels that they are so arrogant and they, they don't need to be under anyone. Uh, but you see, when you do that in the world, it's okay. But when you come into the kingdom, it is not so. What God does is that God sets authorities. For instance, in marriage, the Bible talks, it says, please note in marriage that the man is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of the man and the, and the head of Christ is God. So God puts a hierarchy that when it comes to marriage, it says it is God, Christ, the man and the wife. So if you as a wife take the place of your man, you are already out of authority. Say amen. And, and it says to the men, treat your wife as unto the weaker vessel, lest I will not answer your prayer. Because your wife, I put her lower than you. If you treat her, you use that authority I gave you against her, I will not answer your prayer. You see, God is very wise. <laughs> amen, somebody. So there is always hierarchy in the body of Christ. There is hierarchy. We are all not on the same level. Whether you are 80 years and you are in this church, you are under my authority. Okay. All right. Uh, you can be angry, you know, but that's how God does it. God doesn't choose it by age. He chooses it by election of grace. Uh, we, we, we may be age mates, but we are not grace mates. You may be older than me biologically, but you are not. Grace-wise, you are not. The fact that God had found me worthy and, and, and anointed me and placed me in this position means that you need to give honor. The Bible says we should honor them who teach us. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, that those who teach the word of God deserve a double honor. Somebody shout double honor. It is in the Bible. It's not me that said it. God says they are worthy of double honor because of the grace and the role they play in your life. While you were busy misbehaving, some of you were probably drinking whiskey. I was laying on this altar for your sake. 
So church, today we are going to deal with submission to spiritual authority. Listen to me. This is one of the things that will activate your restoration. Please pay attention to me this morning. If you love your life and you love the Lord. Give me the book of 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 6 and from verse 1 to 7. Let us begin from there. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight or too small for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered them, Go ye. Now, church, first and foremost, before we continue, I want to say these words. This, this hit me like a tornado while I was preparing early hours of this morning. This year, make up your mind that you will do whatever it is to advance the kingdom of God. Let your amen prove that you believe. Do whatever it is to advance the kingdom of God. Support the work of God. Give to the word of work of God. Pray for the work of God. Bring in souls to the kingdom of God. Do everything possible to make sure God's kingdom goes forward. Can I hear an amen? These were the sons of the prophet. They came to their general overseer and said, the church auditorium is too small. Let us build something bigger because ownership conference is coming. And last year we had so much overflow. How many of you saw our last year conference? So one of the things, we had a leadership meeting yesterday where we did our year planning for the year. We are going to extend this auditorium to take 5,000. Amen, somebody. Glory to God. Because we don't want what happened last year to happen again. Where it was almost a fight. We hosted Benihin two years ago and it was warfare. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was a fight. Amen, somebody. So we want to extend the auditorium and we'll get it bigger. And you'll be a part of it in Jesus' name. Can I hear a louder amen? amen. So these young men came to the man of God and said, we want us to build a bigger place for us. Let us build a bigger place. And the man of God said, go ahead and do it. Next verse. And one of them, Verse 3 says, be content or I plead with you, sir. I pray you, go with your servants. Go with us. Because we know that whatever we want to do, anything we have to do in this life, we need a spiritual covering. Go with us. We don't want to leave our spiritual covering behind. Go with us. And Elisha answered, I will go. That's a genuine father. Every genuine father will always make sure that the people under him are covered. Amen, somebody. Before the devil touch you, he must come to me first. Alright, so he went with them. And they came to Jordan. And they cut down wood there. And as one was felling the beam, we felling the beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. It was borrowed. <laughs> in the process of doing the work, in the process of your business, in the process of your marriage, in the process of your journey in life, in the process of, of your job, as you were doing the work, something happened and you made losses. You lost your job. You lost your marriage. You lost a child. You lost your business. You lost a car. You lost your house. But here is the question. The Lord sent me to ask you this morning. 
and your life will so change in this service. And the man of God said, where fell it? I am here to ask you this morning, where did your marriage fall? Where did your car fall? Where fell your destiny? Where fell your job? By the power of the Holy Ghost, the Lord has sent me this morning. Everything you have lost, whatever fell from you, in today's service, it shall be restored. Ah, your amen, your amen. I said it shall be restored. I prophesy in the name of the Lord. It shall be restored. It shall be restored. It shall be restored. It shall be restored. Somebody shall restore. He said, where fell it? And he showed me the place. And he cut a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron swam. Church of God, there is nowhere iron can swim. You know the head of the axe, the axe head, the head of the axe. When it falls into water, you can't make it swim. The man prophetically cut a stick, dipped into where it fell. Today, everything that fell from you will rise to the top. Ah whatever fell from you whatever I, right now you don't even know where it is i prophesy by the word of the lord that i'm preaching to you this morning they are coming back into your life that asset is swimming back to you now that marriage is coming back your child is coming back that guy is coming back your houses are coming back your job is coming back somebody shout restore Say the axe head swam. The axe head swam. Therefore he said, take it up. Take it up. Somebody shout, I take my restoration. One more time, I take my restoration. Louder, I take my restoration. The loudest, I take my restoration. In the name of Jesus. He said, therefore take it to thee. And he put his hand and took it. Church of God, God is in the business of restoring what you lost. And one of the ways he does that is through his servants. And that's why I beg you, church, I know we are living in a day where, or probably you've been to a church where a man of God took advantage of you. They messed your life up. They did something that you were not pleased with. And you made up your mind that I will never submit to a man of God again. Listen to me. That something went wrong does not mean God's principles changed. Can I hear an amen from believers? Listen, the fact that there is a fake hundred rand note, does that mean all the other hundred rands are fake? All right. So don't say all pastors are criminals. I am not one. Don't say all pastors are thieves. I'm not one. Can I hear an amen? God has sent me here to make sure that you will fulfill your destiny. And by the authority and the power he has vested on me, every arrow of the wicked that has been fired against you in 2022 is destroyed. Is destroyed. Is destroyed in the name of Jesus. So, the Bible says that these people did this and they got restoration of the accent because their spiritual authority is with them. They submitted to authority. The prodigal son said something. I will arise and go back to who? Who will I go back to? Church of God, let me tell you something. Anytime you have a problem, run back to the Father. Don't run to idiots. Don't run to criminals. Don't run to the banks. Run to your Father. Can I hear an amen, somebody? 
the best place to run to is the father's arm. So I will go back to my father and I will say, Jesus was telling the story about a boy and his father. Now for us in the New Testament, he's a, he's a son and his spiritual father. I will go back to my spiritual father. I've lost it somewhere. I lost it. Church of God, listen to me. I have met many people. Especially in ministry because I mean, the people that come to me are pastors who are struggling in their life. And one of the things I ask is, who is your spiritual father? You know, when David killed the uh, giant Goliath, when Saul saw him, the question Saul asked him amazed me. Saul didn't say, uh, who coached you? Who taught you? He asked him a question, who is your father? Who is your father? A 17-year-old boy killed a giant that me, the king, who the Bible says, from my shoulder upwards, I am bigger than everybody in Israel. That's the description of Saul. From his shoulder upwards, he was taller than everybody, yet he was scared of Goliath. And then a 17-year-old boy came and said, listen, I don't need your armor. I'm going to face this guy. The same God that delivered me from the lion and the bear will bring down this guy. And he went and took down Goliath. When Saul saw it, he asked him, who is your father? Because he knows that there is a DNA. Akabashaya. <laughs> Listen to me. The son of a giant is a giant. Ah, oh boy. I don't want to go. I don't want to go ahead of myself. You must be careful who you follow. Be careful who you follow. Amen, somebody. Because you, you carry the DNA of your father. Say amen. I know some of you came from a drunken father, but this one is not. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you came from a father that abandoned you, but this one will not abandon you. God has given you a spiritual father. You better take advantage of the anointing upon his life. The anointing of my life is not for me. It is for those God sent to me. Can I hear an amen, somebody? <laughs> Glory to God. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Give me, let's look at the story of Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1 to 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1 to 9. And then the Bible says, Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, and the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite and a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was what? Saul, a choice young man, a goodly man, and there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than him. From his shoulder upwards, this was the story I just told you. From his shoulders upwards, Saul was, that means everybody in Israel was Saul's shoulder downwards. <laughs> From his shoulder upwards, he was higher than any other person. Next verse. And the asses of Kish, his father, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, take now one of your servants, one of the servants with you. Arise, go seek for the asses. Nezres. And he passed through the Mount Ephraim. Look at everywhere he had to go to, to look for something that he, he would struggle to get. The Bible says he passed through the uh, Mount Ephraim, passed through uh, Shalisha, passed, they found them not. They passed through the land of Shalim. They, they didn't find them. They went through the land of Benjamin. They didn't found, find them. Keep going. And when they were come to the land of Zoph, look at it. They've been to five cities. 
they couldn't find it. Church of God, <laughs> what you are looking for very far is here. <laughs> when they were come to the land of Saul, Saul said to his servant that was with him, come let us return. Lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought of us. Let's go back. We have gone to five cities. You know how far we are? We might, we might not even find our way back. Amen. I've been lost once. I was lost in my... I went to preach him. You know, when I go to preach in nations, when I get to that city, every morning I do a prayer walk. So I will take off, leave the room at 5 a.m., leave the hotel room. I will leave my wife. And I will go do a prayer walk. So I will walk for like three, four hours. So one day in Miami, I was walking. I didn't know I had walked so far. When I was returning, I realized the roads I took, I can't recognize them. And I got lost. I didn't, my phone I had didn't have South American airtime. I don't have data because I was using hotel Wi-Fi. Then I came, I, I went to a shop. I met two American ladies. I said, please, I'm lost. I stay in the Westin. The Westin is a hotel on the beach. I stay in the Westin. Please, can you call the Westin? I'm in room 311. My wife is there. <laughs> Call my wife and tell her I'm lost. I don't know my way back to the hotel. Can I hear her name? That was the case of Saul. So my wife, I, I asked the ladies, tell her the address where this is and let her book Uber with my credit card. Uber came to meet me in front of the shop. That's how I got back to the hotel. Can I hear her name and somebody? Oh boy. So I was like Saul. Saul was lost. He, he was almost getting lost. He said, let's get back. Before my father leave the asses and keep seeking for us. And then the Bible says, And he said unto him, Now behold, there is in this city, what? A man of God. Please put that back on the screen. There is in this city a man of God. And he's an honorable man. All that he saith, surely what? Come to pass. Let us now go thither. And peradventure he can show us our way that we should go. Let us go to his spiritual authority. And submit to him. So that he can show us the way. <laughs> this servant was a wise servant. Next verse. Then Saul said to his servant, Behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? Church of God, this is the principle I taught you the other day. When you go see your man of God, we don't charge money. I will never charge you money to come and see me. And listen, this is not compulsory. If you don't have, you can still see me. But when you go see your man of God, take something. I don't care how small it is. Say amen. It's a principle. Saul said, how can we go see the servant of God and give him nothing? For the bread is spent in our vessel and there is not present, not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? Next verse, keep going. And the servant answered and said, I have at my hand a fourth part of a shekel of silver. So he had some cash. He had some money. And he says that I will give the man of God to tell us our way. So the Bible says that this happened and the man of God, they now went to see the man of God. Let's go to chapter 10 and verse 1. Chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says the whole process went, they went to see the man of God, gave him the offering. And prior to the man of God coming, the Lord had spoken to the man of God. There is a young man coming to you, a Benjamite. His name is Saul. I want you to anoint him the king over Israel. Now church... Oh boy, Jesus. A man was looking for an ass. 
Little did he know that he was a king. And only a spiritual father. Jesus Christ. You see, you deprive yourself for a lack of submission to spiritual authority. You don't know what is inside you. Some of these, my children that are here today standing on the altar teaching, some of them were the craziest of people. But inside them, when they came into House of Treasures, little did they know that inside them is a man of God. It's a woman of God. But it will have to take somebody that God has sent to them to pull that out. So God has said to him, when Saul comes, anoint him king over Israel. For I have chosen him. And the Bible says, Samuel now took a vial of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed thee captain over his inheritance? When thou art depart from me this day, then thou shalt find two men at Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin and of Azaza, and they will say unto thee, Kabashataya, the asses which you have gone to five cities and you couldn't find because you submitted to my authority as a spiritual father today they are found I prophetically declare over you as your prophet, as your man of God, as your spiritual father everything you lost in your past by the power of God's word they are coming back to you now they are coming back to you now I call them back into your life in the name of Jesus, somebody shout restore. He says, when you leave me here, go. You are going to find two men at Rachel's sepulchre. Can you imagine if Saul never went to this man of God? This is what many are suffering today. This is what is plaguing our generation. A lack of submission. Listen to me, church. Like I said to you, there are many counterfeits. God, Jesus told us, he says before he returns, that so many false prophets will arise. Somebody holler false prophets. Don't be surprised when you see people doing magic. Jesus told us already. Don't go to Facebook and say all these pastors. Not all these pastors. Some of us don't fake anything here. We are not faking anything in this church. I preach the word of God to you, declare the word of God to you, and God confirms his word in your life. There is no magic here. I don't have to call down fire for you to believe God. Listen to me. The, you know, God said to me something one day. Let me, let me say, say this to you. I was in the place of prayer. Now, look, I'm believing God. Once in a while, I'll preach in prophetic gifts. God show me things about people. Sometimes I don't even have to say it here. I don't come to church to do it. I've called different individuals. Some of you know. You know some of those of you who have called. There are people that have told, hey, the Lord told me you are going on a journey. You must not go. I could have come to the altar and called you out like other, prophet, other people do. And it will make it look like I'm this big guy. But all I need to do, God showed me in the place of prayer and I just give you a call. Can I hear an amen? On, on uh, when was it, uh, a few days ago, yesterday or two days ago, I was in my room. I was praying at two in the morning and the Lord showed me a certain government official. And the Lord told me, go tell him that this will happen in, the, in his life in this year. 
and I sent him a message. He's somebody, very high government official in South Africa. And I called him and I sent him a test. I said, sir, this is what the Lord showed me about you. And he responded to me, said, thank you. Ah, I had lost hope. My faith has been boosted again. Amen. Now I could have come here and say all that so that people will make me look like I'm some God. No, I'm not. Amen. It's a gift from God. Now once in a while I'll pray in the prophetic. I don't have to fake it. I, I was pleading with God one day and I said, God, increase me in this area of prophetic. Increase me. Let me, give me more, more in, in the area of the prophetic. Because I mean, I love it when, you know, my dear friend, Apostle Joshua Selman comes here and he says, hey, who is Rachel? You are wearing maroon. Halaba shataya. Glory to God. Man, I love those things, man. But ish, ay, 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 ay. it's a gift. Amen, somebody. Everyone have their proper gift. Can I hear an amen? Mm -hmm. What God gave me, he didn't give him. What God gave him, he didn't give me. Can I hear an amen? So I love those things. So I was praying one day and believing God and say, God, you are not fair that you gave this man this and blah, blah, blah. And the Lord said to me, son, there is nothing you are believing me for in the prophetic that is not in my word. I heard him clear. He said, you have a more sure word of prophecy. The Bible said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of what? Prophecy. This is the highest prophetic book in this life. You believe this, I don't care who says what. In fact, somebody, a prophet can stand up and say, you are going to die tomorrow. And go to this book and search out scriptures and turn that prophecy upside down. This is the highest level of prophecy. The man of God, these people have worked for five cities. The man of God, just by one word, you leave me here as you have been anointed with oil. That's why we're doing anointing service next week. He said, you will go and you'll pass through Rachel's sepulchre. You'll meet two guys. They will tell you, they're asses. So the moment he came to submit to a spiritual father, the asses that were lost started finding their way home. Saul didn't look for the asses. By the time Saul got home, the asses were waiting. Meanwhile, he has gone to five cities. Everything you have been looking for in the past five years, everything you are, that is supposed to accrue to you in the past five years, I call them into your life now. Somebody shout amen like you believe. My God. Ooh. Jesus, let's keep going. I want to go to the New Testament. Stay with me, please. Stay with me. Stay with me, church of God. Stay with me. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. We're going to read quite long. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. Give it to us quickly. The Bible says, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Keep going. Unto the high priest. Keep going. And design, desired of him letters to Damascus, to synagogue, that he found, if he found any of this, of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So this was Saul. At that time, Saul was a Pharisee. So he went and got a letter to, from the high priest so that he would go to Damascus to go and arrest all the disciples of Jesus who were preaching the gospel. And anybody he found 
They will bind them, bring them, and they will kill them. Next verse, keep going. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. Next verse. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. Now, church, this guy was going to fight disciples. Jesus says, because you are fighting my people, you are fighting me. Do you know that anybody fighting you is fighting Christ? And he trembling, astonished, said, Lord, what will thou that I, you have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Next verse. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Saul became blind on the spot. Jesus blinded him for persecuting his people. Church, be careful how you gossip about your brother and sister. Oh, okay, nobody. Let me talk to this side. Be careful what you say in your bedchamber. Be careful what you say on the dining table about Christians. Every child of God here, Christ in us is what? The hope of glory. We are carrying Christ in us. Don't go and talk down on your brother. Don't gossip about your sister. You need to pray for people instead of talking about them. And then the Bible said, Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him. So they had to hold Saul by hand and brought him into Damascus. The place where he was going to destroy people. They brought him there blind. Everybody after you in 2022, I declare them blind in the name of Jesus. Every witch, every wizard, everyone after your destiny who has vowed that this year you will not succeed, you will not make it, you will not be alive. I blind them now in the name of Jesus Christ. And he was three days there without sight. <laughs> the guy was without sight for how many days? Three days. <laughs> this God. Neither did he eat nor drink. Keep going. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus. Name who? Ananias. Church. Oh boy. And, and to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias. And he said, behold, here I am. Lord, keep going. Oh boy. Keep going. And the Lord said unto him, arise, go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed. Nezves. And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he may receive his sight. Next verse. Then Ananias began to complain to Jesus. Hmm. Like many of us do. Ananias answered the Lord and said, I have heard, of by, I've heard by many of these men how much evil he had done to thy saints in Jerusalem. <laughs> you know, church... <laughs> Oh, let me. He said, here he had authority from the chief priest. So even Ananias, as a disciple of Jesus, knew that Saul had taken authority from the chief priest to come and kill him. To come and kill him. <laughs> and then, uh, next verse, next verse. 
keep going, keep going. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Next verse. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, in Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in thy way, as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Next verse. And immediately there fell out from his eyes, as it has been, a scale. And he received the sight, forthwith he arose and was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, church, look at this. Jesus appears to a man. This guy has a personal encounter with Jesus. If you have seen Jesus, what do you need men for? He saw, some of you have not even seen Jesus' toenail. This guy saw Jesus. A light shone from heaven. The voice of Jesus thundered in the light and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And the Bible says, after that he became blind and they led him to Damascus where he was to go and kill Christians and arrest them. Okay? The Bible says, while he was there, God gave him a vision of a man that he's supposed to submit to as a spiritual father. And he, listen, as high as Saul was in the ranking of the Pharisee, the guy was a Sanhedrin. He was one of the most powerful men at his time. In fact, when he was giving his CV in the book of Galatians, he says, there is anyone to brag about any qualification, it is me. A Benjamite, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, as touching the law, blameless. He said he knew the law from head to toe. You don't even know if you can't quote one scripture. He said, I knew the law. As touching the law, I was blameless. I lived, a, I, I lived everything I saw in the book. But the Bible says, when he met Jesus, Jesus said to him, now you are blind. You need a spiritual authority to open that eyes. A lot of you came here blind. God has sent me to open your eyes. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I remember one of my sons came to see me last, was it last Tuesday or so? I can't even remember. Was it Thursday? And he came, no, Thursday. He came to see me and he says, Dad, you know, I can't tell you what, how my life has changed since I came to House of Treasures. You know, today, the way I live my life, the things I see happening in my life, it is because of your teachings. That's why God sent you here, that your eyes may be open. That your eyes may be open. You know, the Bible says, arise and shine. For what? Somebody shout light. Somebody shout light. For your light has come. Lord light comes through his servants. God will use them to open your eyes to things you've never seen before. Some of you have read the Bible. When I read it to you, it's different. You realize, but I've been reading this. How come I never saw this? Because God has put that grace upon me to open your eyes to see that which you've never seen. And the scripture says, God said to him, go. There is a man in the vision. There is a man called Ananias. I want you to submit to his authority. He was just a normal disciple. He wasn't even among the twelve. He wasn't among the twelve. When God gives you a spiritual father, stop equating him with T.D. Jakes. Let me talk to this side. Listen, how many of you chose the father that gave birth to you? Let me see. That you were in heaven, you were in the womb of Jesus, and you say, Jesus, I, I, 
if it was so, I know so many of you won't choose South African father. You would have chosen a father from California, from Hollywood. Some of you will choose Bill Gates. In fact, Bill Gates would have given birth to three billion people. <laughs> Amen, somebody. But you don't choose your father. He said, I will give you pastors after my heart. Who will feed you with knowledge and wisdom. And after that, after you are multiplied. So when you are under your genuine spiritual father, one of the things that happens in your life is multiplication. Everything in your life will start multiplying. You know when you came to this church, you were not the way you are. You didn't have what you had. But today, God has increased you. I said today, God has enlarged you. Can I hear an amen from a believer? And the Bible says, God said to him, go, there is a guy coming. So God now appeared to the one that will father saw. God is humorous. Church, why would I meet with Christ? How many of you know Jesus had the power to remove those scales? Hello? Am I communicating? How many of you know? Let me ask that question again because I only heard a few answers. How many of you know when Saul got blind, Jesus had the power to remove those scales? Now, first and foremost, who put those scales there? Jesus. So he put it there, he can remove it. But he sends him to a physical man to prove to you that even if you have had three billion encounters with Christ, you still need a physical spiritual father. And the Bible says as Ananias came. In fact, Ananias began to complain. And let me talk to pastors. You may be watching us or you watch this online. Listen, if people have hurt you before, you know the case of Ananias, he saw when he heard that it was Saul, he said to God, this man has caused us havoc. He has, in fact, he's on his way to come and kill me. And you are telling me to go lay hands on him to receive his sight? Men of God, can you still minister to those who have hurt you? Can you minister to someone who has spoken bad of you? Don't reject them. If somebody under you has misbehaved and left, and life is tough for them and they return, receive them again. Receive them. Because, look, as much as whether you like it or not, we are human. We are human. People have hurt us. People have said all kinds of things about us. And it's not nice. It's not nice to hear what people say about you when you're laboring for them in the private. I mean, that's like me. Somebody saying, you know, uh, I, was, I was one of us here. Went to tell another man of God who knows me that ha, the reason I put black carpet on the altar is because I have been initiated into occult. I mean, can you imagine that? And he was a, a man of, he was a pastor under our church. And I confronted him and his wife said, sorry, we are sorry, we said it. How can you be in this church? Having served under me in this house, you still believe I'm a man that went to occult. Something, I don't, do I look like a Sangoma? How about? Amen, somebody. Church, people have hurt us. And one of the things that is difficult for us as men of God is to people who have said those kind of things and then you see them and still receive them back. And still receive them back. This was the case of Ananias. He almost didn't want to go to Saul. Let him stay blind. Since he wanted to kill me, I will not go. But Jesus said, no, you must go because he's my chosen servant. Church, 
Why am I saying this to you? When Ananias got there, Ananias laid hands, a normal disciple, but he saw spiritual father. He laid hands on the almighty soul <laughs> and the scale on his eyes opened, fell off and saw received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why am I saying this to you? Church, there are so many things you will lose out on this year if you don't choose to submit to a spiritual authority. It is not to make any man big. God sets this order in the body. I was saying, to, I've heard people say, I will, no long, I will never call a man my spiritual father. I will never call. Some of you write me, hello, sir. I know, I know you. Hello, sir. You, you, don't, you, are, you, are, you don't want to say hello, daddy. You, you, it's not for me. Listen to me. Only sons inherit DNA. My helper is in this service. If I have a will already, in my will, I didn't include my helper. She's here. She's hearing me. I didn't. It's only my children in the will. Hello. There are only things sons inherit. If I'm just your pastor, there are things you won't get. I will never lie to you. Listen to me. In the Bible, if you read this scripture we read, I think it's in, it's in Acts chapter, chapter 17, where Paul went to Corinth, and he found a young man called Timothy. Now, how many of you know Paul never got married? He was never married at all. But in his episode to Timothy, writing to Timothy, he said, to my son, Timothy, how did he give birth to Timothy? Was it biological? Because he was never married. He was spiritual. I, I don't want to... Listen, Mina here, I've told you my spiritual father. I said it openly. I have spiritual father. Even in my marriage... When my wife and I, when we began to pastor House of Treasures, we said our spiritual parents are far. Let us get a father and a mother. They are not pastors. They are like Ananias. Let's make them our covering in marriage. Let's go. Anytime my wife has a complaint, she has somebody to talk to. Because I can be full of myself thinking that everything is okay. Meanwhile, I'm misbehaving. And my wife is suffering. Am I talking to somebody? That's why men, when you and your wife are fighting and your wife say, let's go for counseling. I can't go for counseling. How can I sit down before a man? You will die foolishly. Oh, okay, no amen. Beloved, you will, you will just waste your life, waste your marriage for nothing. There are certain things that just sitting with me. There was a couple that came to me for counseling recently. Couple. The man has moved out. Listen to this. Watch this. The man has moved out. Moved out of the house. The wife got a restraining order from him. For him, sorry. And then uh, the wife came to me and says, look, our marriage is falling apart. Um, this, this, this. My husband has moved out. And I, I said, where is your husband? I, give me his number. I called him. So I said, both of them should meet by the reception. I gave both of them the same time. Because they didn't want, there is a restraining order. So he can't go near her. The both of them came to my office. They came to the reception. They met there. She came first. I said to Martin, when the husband comes, let me know. So the husband came. They came into my office. These people, the woman had filed him for divorce. As they sat in my office, I spoke to them for five to ten minutes. The both of them stood up, kissed each other and started crying. All God used me to do was open their eyes. 
You know what I said? I didn't even say much. I said, guys, I just lost my wife. I said, do you know I'm believing God to be like you? When they heard it, they shook because they're not members of our church. I said, do you know I just lost my wife? I yearn for this companion. I said, the person I used to talk to for 21 years is gone. And now two of you have each other and you are the one tearing yourselves apart. Hey, when I finished speaking, the fear of the Lord came on both of them. They stood up right there, stood up, hugged each other and started crying. The woman tore the restraining order and went and the man moved back to the house. Just by submission to an authority. If the man said, I will never show up, that marriage would have ended in divorce and it was not God's will. Beloved, submission to authority is not because you are big or too small. Everybody ought to have a spiritual father and a spiritual mentor. Somebody say amen to that. Did you receive the word of God this morning? I said, did you receive the word of God this morning? Maybe let me do one more. Ask chapter 20 in five minutes. Ask 20 and verse 5. Ask 20 and verse 5. Glory to God. The Bible says, and this going before tarried for, for us at Troas. Next verse. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them by Troas in five days where we abode seven days. Next verse. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continue the speech until midnight. I wish we can still have that type of service where we will start in the morning and finish at midnight. Uh, today, the, today's Christian, if I preach now more than, in fact, one, some of you are already looking at your time. Pastor, please close, close, close. My chicken is in the oven. So close, 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 close close. I have biryani. I'm, I'm ready to eat. Amen. Paul had the service from morning and they finished at what time? At what time? Midnight. <laughs> and there were many lights in the upper chamber. So this auditorium had levels. So it had first level, second level and third floor. <laughs> so it was an auditorium that had you know the floor and then there is a, what they call them? Gallery, right? So they had first gallery. I went to preach in a church like that in Port Harcourt. It had three galleries. I'm like, whoa, it was an assemblies of God. Hundreds of thousands. It's the first place I ever went to and I forgot my message. <laughs> when I saw that, I've never seen any crowd like that when I'm on the altar. So when I saw, there were over 50,000 people. As I, they called me up, <laughs> I didn't know the size. You know, I just walked in with the men of God and as, we, as I got to the pulpit, I saw the number of people. I lost my message. Till today, if you ask me what I said in the first 10 minutes, I don't know. I was talking rubbish. <laughs> the fear of God came on me that day. So anyway, they were in this auditorium. And as they were there, there were people on the first gallery, second and third. Next verse. Next verse. And they sat on, in a window a certain young man named Etukos, Eutychus, sorry, being fallen into a deep sleep. So one of the people sitting on the third gallery decides that it, his chair, he was tired of sitting on the chair. He went to the window and sat. Now, because Paul has preached the whole day, the guy started. The Bible says, being fallen into a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching. And he sunk down with sleep and fell from the third floor and was taken up how? 
was taken up how? Was taken up how? While in service, he fell from the third floor. Dead! Next verse. Paul went down and fell on him. That's Paul went there and laid on him. And embracing him said, trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. That means I'm bringing him back to life. Next verse. When therefore he was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even until break, so he departed. Next verse. They brought the young man how? They brought him how? And were, and were not a little comforted. Church, there are certain authority God gives to your spiritual father. That whatever it is that died in your life, he can resurrect. And therefore, I prophetically speak today. Anything that has died in your life, oh Jesus, by the power of this prophetic word, everything that has died in people's life in the service, you promised me that Lord, you will confirm every word I speak in the service. For you confirmed the words of your servants and performed the counsel of your messengers. Everything that has died in anybody's life, from dead organs, dead jobs, dead businesses, dead finances, dead marriages, anything that has died by the authority of the word I just preached, I declare a resurrection. I speak a resurrection. I speak a resurrection. I command it to come back to life in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout restore. This young man's life was restored back to him. His life was restored. Why? Because he was under his spiritual covering. Church of God, this year, make up your mind that you will submit to spiritual authority. Don't walk around like these orphans. You are not an orphan. God has brought you to a house like this. How many of you know this is a spiritual house? Amen. Just like you came from a biological home or a physical home. Now, in every physical home, physical now, the, the normal, normal physical home, there is supposed to be a father and a mother. Amen, somebody. For some of you, maybe your parents separated or divorced or they, or they never even had any relationship. Some of them maybe got broke up before they gave birth to you. Now you grew up with your mother or your father. But the truth of the matter is in any natural physical home, there is supposed to be a, spirit, a, a biological father and a biological mother. Now, when you come get born again into the kingdom of God, God sends you to a house. How many of you know this is called the house of the Lord? So now what does God do? God sets a spiritual father and mother in a house so that there will be order. There will be order. And what he does, the reason he does that is because he needs to transmit DNA. So he transmits spiritual DNA. That's why whatever God gives me belongs to you. God said to me, go and make my people rich. You cannot be poor in this church. No, you cannot. By the anointing that I have, if you submit to me as a father, as a son, Believe me, you submit as a daughter. What is inside me must come on you. That's the truth. That's the truth. Church, listen to me. It is time for us as Christians to become loyal to the word of God. I don't want you to live your life and live carelessly. God is a God of principles. 
And people who live by his principles will receive what they're supposed to receive. One of the agents of your restoration in this year is, the, is your level of submission to spiritual authority. Can I hear an amen? Those of you who are watching us online, you don't have a spiritual father. You need to pray and go and look for one. Pray that God will direct you to someone. Amen, somebody. If God sent you here, don't go anywhere else. Don't let offense drive you away. Let me hear an amen. amen. Listen to me. It's not everything we do that will please you. Oh, no amen, no amen. It's not everything. One day I will say something that will annoy you. Anusha will say something. Anusha will make you angry. Don't leave because somebody made you angry. If God has connected you to a spiritual father, stay there. There's a reason. There's a reason. 